Good evening, Mervi Rabbi Sai. We are going to finish off Bezer Hashem this whole idea and approach to Tefillah that Chavis Avavis has been teaching us. And there, here in the Cheshben Hatashi, the ninth Cheshben, in the third parak of Shar Cheshben Hanefesh. And last night we were introduced to the idea of why we actually have a Siddur. Why is it that people daven from a Siddur? The Siddur is something that was Masudr. It was arranged and organized by the Anshek Nesachadela. And for the reason being is because they found it uh, more suitable that people should be able to have a uniformed formula, how to daven, the things that most people need. He continues along on that theme. He says, And because because the mind is wanders a lot and scatters from topic to topic, thought to thought. And because it's thinking so quickly from one thought to another thought, it's pretty amazing. The human mind, sometimes we think computers are uh, at super speed, could think about something and figure out and come up with a, an answer. The truth is the human mind itself, the, the human brain itself can think of so many different things and jump from one thing to the next and you can be thinking about one thing and then a, a, a half a second later about another thing. But therein lies the problem because we become scatterbrains and we find it difficult to hold concentration about something. So imagine we're trying to think just about one thought that we need and we have to formulate the words ourselves. By the time we decide what words to use, already our mind has wandered to something else entirely. Because there's so many things that we have to think about. So they knew that people were very hard for us to arrange the words of Tfila just by ourselves. For that reason, that's why the Antrik and they made the formula with the perfect and choicest words. We use those words and with that we say them on our tongue and have them in mind. The way it is that if you say something, and certainly if you say it out loud, you say words and you read something out loud, you concentrate on them better. Even though we know what we have, we have aloha, that when you're davening in a tzibur, you're not supposed to be heard by the fellow standing next to you, or anybody else for that matter, because you may then disrupt their own Shmon Esri. So that we're not allowed to do. We have to daven quietly. However, it still has to be audible. That's the aloha is, we're supposed to daven, that it should be audible enough that we could hear it, but no one else could hear it. It's a hard balance. But the point is that we're trying to really hear the words that we're saying, and therefore we'll be able to concentrate on them better. But So therefore, tefillah is comprised of two things. There's words, and there's ideas, there's meaning. The words need the meaning. And as words without any meaning, without any thought behind it, is nothing, it's empty. Really, the meaning and the thought behind the tefillah, they don't actually need the words. But 
if a person would be able to do that. If a person, again, would be able to arrange it himself in his own mind, because that's our main goal over here. Our main goal is to try to concentrate with our minds and our hearts that we're davening to Baruch Hu, and we're saying things to Him, and we're praising, and we're asking, and we're thanking Him. That's really what we're pinning all of our outlook in tefillah on. Halei just brings a small example. We see when a person has no other choice because halachically he's not allowed to speak. Halachically he's not allowed to say words of Kedusha like a Baal Keri, someone who is Tomei. So for that day he's Tomei. Mahar he has no other choice. Halacha precludes him from speaking words of Kedusha that if he can't say brachas, he can't say davening. So he, we give an exception, Mahar Baliba, he just thoughts he has thoughts in his mind. He thinks the words in his mind. Not before, not after. Another example. In a different instance, sometimes, like the Gemara in the beginning of Brachas, Dav Gimel, Rabbi Yaisi was traveling on the road and he needed to daven. So he went into a dilapidated building and he davened when he came out. Who was waiting for him there? None other than Elio Anavi. Shalom Aleichem Rebbe. Shalom Aleichem Meri Verabi. They exchanged greetings. And he told him a few things. He says, first of all, you're not supposed to dive and you're not supposed to go into a dilapidated building. It could be a concern, maybe you'll fall down. It could be a concern of Chshad. And he said, another thing is, you should have dived on the side of the road. And because it could have been a Sakana, meaning and you, you yourself couldn't really concentrate for the length of time that you normally would daven, you should have davened the tefillah ketzara. You should have shortened the tefillah. So there are reasons where you shorten the tefillah. That's a proof, says the Chavis Ababis, if there are times where when, if out of necessity, we have to choose one thing or the other, either saying the words quickly without concentration, or just concentrating without saying the words, what do we choose? Concentrating, focusing, and thinking and not even saying all the words. From there we see, we conclude, if the main part of tefillah be just the words, we wouldn't be able to cut it short and only say part of the words and make a tefillah katsara. So that's very important. This is a famous uh, statement by the tour already. It, 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 it applies to Tachanun, certainly on the long Tachanun, Monday and Thursday, it applies to Slichas. We're about to embark on the saying of Slichas this Motsai Shabbos for a week and a couple of days before Shoshana and then throughout Aserah Shimei Tshuva. And the Torah already writes, Toiv ma'at bekavona, mehar bekavona. It's better to say less and focus and know what you're saying and concentrate what you're saying than to say a lot and not have kavona. And that's exactly what the Chavis Avavis is saying over here. The, the main point is not the words. The words are just there to enable us to concentrate on something. But if we're going to zip through the words, as unfortunately so many do, they fly through davening and trying to, yeah, we're saying all the words. They got all the words over there. And some of them read very quickly. But if the person is just saying the words, but he's really not concentrating on any of them, he's not focusing on any of them, his mind is not there, 
then his words are empty, they're meaningless. The meaning is from the mind and from the heart. So that's the main thing. And the words are just there to give us sort of a, a, a forum, a platform of what we should be thinking of as we know all of the brokers of Shemana Esrei. Nowadays, there is certainly many different sedurim and uh, pirushim commentaries in Hebrew and English on the davening, particularly on the Shemana Esrei, to understand what we're saying. It gives meaning. Before a davening, a person can look at the, the bottom of various commentators, what they explain, how they give a deeper understanding to tefillah. So that is certainly a wonderful thing to do. Al Kaini therefore ends off this long-winded but so crucial, such a vital understanding in what tefillah is. Al Kain Takenochi. Therefore, make sure you arrange yourself, fix yourself. That in your your main thing should be concentration of the heart. Even if a person would pause for just a moment, even a second or two seconds before he starts Manasre. I'm about to start Manasre and Davin That's less than two seconds. But it just gives us pause and says, oh, what am I about to be doing? Instead of just go right into it and then all the thoughts that have been swimming through our heads before davening stay with us. It's part of the reason why we don't start with Baruch, we say, we say Hashem Sfasei Tittach. It's sort of a little bit of a buffer between the davening before Shemana Esrei and about to start with Shemana Esrei. We were really standing Lefnei Hashem before Hashem. So have the thought in your mind and then combine that together with your words. Have one single focused Hashem. As best we could. If it's one bracha, terrific. Two, you're ahead of the game. This is interesting. He says, you should be motionless. I don't know if he means literally, because we know a lot of people have a meaning that they do shuckle, they do sway during their Shemana uh, Esrei. tell you an interesting story that I just see brings to mind. Remember the Mashkiach Zolkazun when he was already in, uh, back in England, and rebellion Lapianis Rebbe came to stay with his own children in England, the gate said. So they were dominating in a house, a small minion. And uh, Rebellia's uh, son brought in his own son, who was a nine-year-old boy, and he had him dominating you know, right next to the Zayda. Khashiv <laughs> Rebellia Lapian, the famous Mashkia, who was already in his uh, probably in his eighties at that point. And this son wanted to show off his kid. Look at these diamonds. And the kid's mom is shuckling more than the most fervent shuckle of a luluf. Yeah. If the davening, Rebellion Lapian, tells his son, he says, tell your yingle over there that if he shuckles too hard, he's going to tire himself out. And he's going to think that davening tires him out. And that's not true. It's the shuckling that's tiring him out. So, person has to do it with a balance. It has to be this, that the, the, the shuckling itself is just sort of also to get his whole movement to be able to just focus on what he's saying. Others stood still. Ramesh Zatzal and others just, just stood without moving at all when they davened. But it means just don't do any other motions, certainly not 
doing any motions with, with uh, calling attention to somebody else or something. Bind your feelings and your thoughts. Certainly don't think about any other random things. Why not take as an example a comparison? This old marshal again. The old marshal that works every time. There was once a king. And if the king would command a person to do something... So if you had to stand and give thanks to the king, you had an audience with the king, and you had to thank him for something that he did. And praise him. Or certain things that he did of his goodness, you have to show gratitude. And that's that's even with his his uh, obliviousness to what you're thinking. He doesn't know that I'm actually thinking about something totally random. I'm just saying words that they gave me on the paper. He has no idea. If I'm a good actor, I'll be able to fool him. Koj, and I still wouldn't do that. No one would do that. We wouldn't be thinking about anything else. We wouldn't be thinking, what am I having for supper tonight? We wouldn't be thinking about that what that nudnik over there who parked his car too close to mine for the third time in a row. We wouldn't be thinking about anything. When we're talking to this king, who sees everything that's revealed, everything that's revealed, everything that's hidden, what you're thinking about, he sees it all. And therefore he says, one more paragraph at Tefillah, therefore, it is something amazing. Tfila, he says to you, every person, emunas An amazing statement. Hakadosh Baruch who trusts us with Tfila and he gives it to us for safekeeping. He gives it to us as our security. He says, "You could have Tfila. I give it to you, and I allow you to exercise Tfila, to daven to me, to praise me, to request from me. I entrust it." with you. And that means I trust you that you'll use it properly. I trust you, you'll know how to do it. HaKadosh says, I give it over to your power. You have the power of tefillah. And you know something? No one else is going to know if you're doing it right. You put on tefillin, instead of putting it on the middle of the head, you put it on the side of the head, you look pretty silly. Everybody is doing it wrong. If you hold your lulav upside down, people know you're doing it wrong. But by tefillah, nobody knows if you're doing it wrong or not. Unless it's so obvious. But it could, you can certainly cover it up very well and no one will know. And if a person is like a country who commanded him and wanted it, you fulfilled this faith that Hashem had in us. The kablenim imchabayir and Hashem will accept the tefillah from you. However, if it's not going to be faithful, if you're not going to have concentration, you're not going to be mindful of it and not say the words properly. You're going to be amongst those who really don't have their emuna in Hakadosh Baruch You're a generation that's flip flop thinking about this thing, about the other thing, people who don't trust HaKadosh Baruch who don't put their faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and HaKadosh Baruch says, why did I put my faith in them? They could have it. 
those who do have emun and Hashem, anoigim b'hem k'mishpat anuchidinayim, that indeed behave with all the mitzvahs, particularly in tefillah, as the din demands, and einai b'nem ne'oretz, Hashem says, my eyes are focused on the nem ne'oretz, and those who have emuna who are here on earth, they'll dwell with me. And Hashem says, those people, out their tefillah, I will take up. So here we have a Gavaldiga understanding and some wonderful insights from Chavis Avavis on tefillah in this middle category of mitzvahs that are not only in the lave, but in the lave and the guf together. I go to Nacht.